Hello, my name is Emeko Kereke and today is the first episode of my new podcast show called Dots of Thoughts. Dots as in D-O-T-S of Thoughts. And this show is about basically me having conversations. First of all, with myself, like a monologue, you know, and then eventually I will open it up to someone else, um, a friend, a colleague or a relative somewhere in another part of the world through a phone call. And of course, the content of this uh, podcast will be basically thoughts that I have, thoughts that I have been inspired uh, to have by, you know, my engagement with knowledge around me, say something I have read, music I have listened to, or anything whatsoever, or a conversation I have with someone. And then I will sort of like discuss it and eventually open it up. And of course, the whole idea of having someone join me in the conversation is to sort of like broaden the conversation beyond my own context and my own location. So yeah, that's it basically. I have decided that my first conversation, my first um, topic will focus on an essay that I wrote in relation to the you know, social distancing and lockdown that we've been having for some weeks now that is related to the coronavirus situation. And by the way, um, I hope that everyone is staying safe and keeping, you know, keeping safe and being healthy wherever they are. You know, um, this is serious and it's, I think it is important to also take it seriously and try as much as possible to stay informed and be mindful also of where you're getting your news from because there's just so many junk flying around here and there now these days. So it's important to be very mindful of where you're getting your news from so that you don't end up, you know, being more ignorant that you're, than, than you should. You know, already it's uh, already uh, bad that we do not have a centralized source of information with regards to this whole virus thing. So everyone is sharing everything from everywhere. So please be mindful. And in fact, that leads me to why I decided to write um, this, you know, essay, um, the whole notion of social distancing. I am in Berlin, you know, where I am actually experiencing my own lockdown. And it's been quite interesting here. Before the lockdown began, there's all this panic, you know, like everywhere else in the world. And people went in. The first thing that happened was that people went in and, you know, bought out the food shelves and hoarded toilet tissues and everything. And the first week, by the way, um, people didn't really observe staying indoors. Everywhere was shut down. Institutions, companies, restaurants, and, you know, things shut down. And people were obliged to stay home. But then the first week, people didn't really observe it because the weather was somehow good. And so people were still coming out and making use of the parks, the playgrounds and everything. And I thought to myself, if you are going to come out anyway, even though experts have said, stay indoors, take care of yourself, observe this. Or if I quote one of the Italian officials who said, you know, look, during the time of war, our grandparents, like in the time of war, you know, were called to the war front, you know. But what we are asking from 
you is for you to stay indoors. That's really not too much to ask compared to what was asked of our grandfathers at the time. So people didn't observe it. But then you realize that there was no food anymore and no toilet tissue. So they packed this food into their various homes and then they went on picnic as if it was, you know, vacation. So uh, these were some of the things that I addressed in, um, in my writings where the immediate reaction to the whole notion of to the whole social distancing is first of all people trying especially here in in the west and europe and of course specifically in berlin is that what people did was their best reaction to it was to preserve their sense of luxuriation first of all as if people didn't understand the weight of what we were going through i wrote this essay about that is called social distancing and its undertone of social avoidance. What I experienced while I was out there, sometimes I would run. And I noticed that people were coming out. People were still so like using the public space. But then it's been said that you're supposed to have like about 1.5 meters distance from the next person. But at the same time, you realize that the body language also changes. When people see you coming, they don't look into your eyes, they look out. And now I, begin, I began to think that social distancing now meant also social avoidance. Part of also what I wrote in this essay is to ask, are we really going to take the most important lesson from this whole virus situation? And if you ask me, the most important lesson that, ha- that needs to be taken from this is that we are supposed to see our future. And through that, we are supposed to understand how connected our world is. Our world is very connected. And this is not a new conversation. The whole conversation about migration, about movement, about who is a foreigner and who is not a foreigner, which is basically at the foundation of a political discourse in a place like Germany. This situation sort of like comes, brings that to the fore. And say, while you are discussing and saying who is a stranger and who is not a stranger, do you now see how our world is connected? Do you now see that what began in China can immediately become Euro's problem? Immediately, within a space of one to two months. Do you see that it can immediately become the problem of the world? This is how we are connected. One thing I also pointed out in that essay is that this whole notion of social distancing as a solution. In a place like Europe, it comes easy. And one might even argue that it is convenient to say social distance yourself from each other. I mean, we are also talking about a place where there is individualism already. So social distancing is, well, going to be slightly inconvenient because people cannot go to, you know, there are many things that people cannot enjoy anymore. And that notion of freedom is also sort of like truncated a bit. Um, how are other people experiencing this social distancing in places where it is not readily um, feasible to, to have that distance from each other? These are my thoughts. And to take it beyond myself, I'm going to call a good friend of mine, but she's also a colleague in Chennai. Her name is Mathangi. You know, so I'm going to give her a call and I'm going to ask her some of these questions and uh, see, you know, what we can make of uh, 
of these thoughts around social distancing, but also all the undertones that come with it. Okay, so hold on there. I'm going to put a call through now. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, Emeka. <laughs> hi, hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how's everything going on in Chennai? You know, the thing is, if we stop reading the newspapers, it feels all right. <laughs> okay. So I've been having this conversation about social distancing, about lockdown, and mm-hmm. from the perspective of Europe in Berlin, where I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, how are things going on in Chennai right now? Because I know I've been to Chennai. That's where we met, you know, and I know how the city is very right. vibrant. And much of uh, it's, you know, the pause of the city is like happening in public spaces, but also the recreation like at the at the beach, you know, in the evenings, you know, the way people, children, everyone come around, you know, to spend time together. So what is it like now? Yes, yes. You know, this is a, conceptually, I think we're all struggling to figure out what's going on. So let me start by saying that I really enjoyed your essay. Ah, oh, thank you. (laughs) You know, and it gave me a way also to start thinking about what do we mean when we say social distancing in all of these places? So this is a great conversation. What does it mean to say this in Chennai? Mm-hmm. Who's distant? Socially, were we ever close that social distancing now features as anything particularly antagonistic to mm-hmm. a previous state of being? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so perhaps I mean a good place to start would be Exactly what you were saying. What mm-hmm. did closeness look like from your perspective when you were in Germany? One thing, one point that I made in the essay is that yeah. in a place like, you know, Europe, in a place like Berlin, social distancing mm-hmm. as the first option, as the most viable option, mm-hmm. could actually mm-hmm. come off as convenient. Because absolutely, yeah, because um, already it's, you know. Uh, a society that is rooted in individualism and people already know Absolutely. how to be independent slash individuals. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, so I, I, I was thinking, okay, the, the response to that was to preserve a sen- that, that sense of luxuriation, first of all, that, you know, yes. okay, think of yes. it as a vacation. Oh, we don't, we don't go to work anymore, but then we can just, we can still preserve our, our nice lives. So, right, uh, right. Yeah. So, how is that now? How was the news received in a place like Chennai where it is likely that many people do not have that sense? I mean, that's not the first thing people think about when they think, oh, there's danger. Uh, they don't think, oh, how do we certainly. preserve our nice, our nice life? Certainly, certainly. Let me start then by saying that when, uh, you know, the national lockdown came maybe 10 days ago on Sunday, it was legislatively mandated. It came from the central government. Mm -hmm. Before that time, I think there was very much a sense of this is elsewhere. The Mm -hmm. numbers are not enough to warrant any kind of panic. Mm -hmm. And in cities, especially in Indian cities, and you know what kind of a city Chennai is, it's steaming, it's bustling. Mm -hmm. It's unimaginable to think of the entire city shutting down. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) 
So it's unimaginable in many ways. So unless there would have been this kind of call for a national lockdown, people were certainly not, I wouldn't say not taking it seriously, Mm -hmm. but they were not taking the idea of social distancing as even possible very seriously. And what if you take the whole... of course is multiple luxuries, right? Social distancing assumes a set of luxuries that you have a home, that you have the capacity to take leave from work, yeah. that you are not part of a subsistence economy, that you have enough money saved, yeah. that you have provisions, that you have groceries, that you have the capacity to be cared for mm-hmm. should you not step out of the home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so. Right. So all of these are sort of these assumptions that undergird this one simple term called social distancing, which mm-hmm. you know, is so pernicious to me in its kind of usage right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've also been thinking about it. OK, so what form now? Does it, I mean, now that mm-hmm. people have started thinking about it as something that is serious, I don't, mm-hmm. that's an assumption I'm making because I'm sitting here and thinking, yes. OK, by now people yes. must have really gotten the message that is serious. And they have started yes. social distancing. Can you give me a sense of mm-hmm. maybe a, an, an example somewhere, how people are really dealing with that? Especially India is also like, you know, it's a society where coming together and being together is so important. Couple of different things. The capacity to follow through on all of this is, of course, vastly segregated by class and caste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So often in neighborhoods or in poorer localities or places where there isn't uh, perfectly perfectly protected housing, it's Mm -hmm. kind of difficult to follow it through. So a lot of the street policing has been authoritarian. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. So that's one of the ways in which so they like have by been force. kind of enforcing it. Mm-hmm. And by force, very much so. The police are out and you have to sort of, you know, have empathy for their plight as well. The police have been sent out on the roads to make sure there are not enough people to question and to arrest people. Wow. Wow. And um, is this even sustainable? Where do you see this going? Like, um, are we going to now have another problem of like... Of, violence you know as an extension of this as well so one of the ways in which people have been already writing about it is really in examining the multiple kinds of violence that have come to the fore thanks to this Mm -hmm. while social distancing has become the one-line mantra for the entire world right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it also amplifies existing social malaise like you write about in berlin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it amplifies all of the problems of societies like India with its existing segregations, with the large gaps between those who can afford a lockdown and those who can't afford a lockdown. The dependence of people on the multiple kinds of help that are in and out of their homes all day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The dependence of the economy on informal labor that is now the worst treated set of populations Mm -hmm. in this economy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all of these cracks and the ways in which we live are being illuminated for everybody to see. Do you think that we are talking about that enough alongside the the fear and all the fake news and all the, you know, sort of like panic that is coming to us as a result of a barrage of, you know, news and materials um, on social media and all of that? 
I would say, thankfully, there are a number of people who are highlighting all of these as well and have been doing so even before the lockdown. So there is a substantial substantial amount of publishing on this. Not enough, I would say, and it often tends to be English language press. There are enough people providing these critiques, but there is not enough political movement in response to it because it seems to be that the only primary political role that we should all get behind right now is to stem virus-related malaises. Now, um, talking about social media and you know media in general and sharing, you know, um, and finding, like I, I like to say, the sweet spot between social distancing and distant socializing. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that you recently started a sort of like a, a small writing project, almost. Um, yes. As a result yes. of as a, as your own way of observing the lockdown and uh, social distancing, and so you've been giving out this prompt to certain you know people um, in your yes. circle, um, of which I'm one of them. And it's writing prompts of, you know, uh, 500 words on Facebook, you know, um, uh-huh. which, which I think is really beautiful and a really beautiful way to, to, to um, observe this time. So um, why did you start it? Why did you, you know, decide to do this? And what do you hope to get out of it? Let me start by saying thank you, Mecca. I'm glad you think it's a worthy project. And I'm even gladder that you're participating. I've had great fun reading your beautiful pieces. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed our reading also and following. It's like, you know, anyway, I don't want to throw my own thoughts on it right now, but I want to ask you, you know, why, you know? No, okay. Please do add your thoughts. But let me say, you know, the idea of the prompt is familiar to a lot of professional writers. The idea that writing is a craft, it requires discipline and practice as much as anything else. It does not come out of nowhere. And I was struggling in the initial days of the lockdown from reading too much news, from having palpable anxiety all day long, from just staring at the numbers. And one of the things that allows me to inhabit the present moment, to inhabit body, to inhabit time in its most presentist sense, is really writing. Mm-hmm. But I'm lazy. I procrastinate. <laughs> I find reasons not to do the writing. <laughs> yeah. But you have been fairly consistent, huh? I mean, as a as a driver. I've been I mean... very consistent. So if it's 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 the old technique, right? You mm-hmm. gather a community, and if you think that they are watching you just out of embarrassment, <laughs> you will produce something. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it seems mm-hmm. to be... Yeah, yeah, it it seems to be working. What I find very interesting about all the writings is that, um, you know, um, it's like there's no pressure to write something specific. There's no pressure. Yeah, yes. and so it opens up the space of playfulness, but at the same time of absolutely of dreaming, of imagining, of of traveling. That's how I feel when I read the the, the essays or the the writings. I feel like that. I'm you delighted know, yeah. to hear you say that. <laughs> I feel like you know it's one of the you know, the brighter side of, you know, this lockdown is that we are now in the mindset that we can just do anything with our time now anyway. It is, it's almost as if that we are not so much accounting for this time the way we will account for it if we are supposed yeah. to wake up at nine o'clock and go to work. 
and then come back home at five. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's like we. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. a sense of relief of not having this accountability, in that sense. And and very for, much so. And yeah. the community makes you feel accountable in a way that I find important for both general mental health and for empathy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That somehow my day has been ordered just for this brief period mm-hmm. around a few things that I truly care about. Oh, this is this is this is lovely. So well, um, I think that for me, I would say that's an example of how creatives and thinkers and people, you know, have been observing this time as opposed to yeah. this other part of sort of like soaking in things from everywhere. People have also been very proactive. Mm-hmm questioning all the information that they are taking in, but also trying as yes. much as possible to articulate things that they have not been able to do in, because time was working differently before the lockdown. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And also to allow a, a space of quiet contemplation to continue to witness what is happening around us. Mm-hmm. To, not, to not shut your senses to the fact that these are very difficult times and some people are suffering more than others and that witnessing is as important as being able to articulate it. Some things I will not be able to articulate right now, but I have to be open to everything happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, one last question before I, I, I let you be. <laughs> um, is that Please. What, yeah, so in my writing, something I also reflected on is that will we understand the big lesson you know, that this is trying mm. to teach us, which is, First of mm-hmm. all, I touched on the fact that there is something almost like a cosmic phenomenon that is happening where this um, uh, coronavirus is protecting the young ones, the children and the young members of our societies. And mm-hmm. while it is sort of like mm-hmm. taking off the old ones, taking out the old ones. And there mm-hmm. is something that is somehow mm-hmm. synonymous with regeneration where it, it's as if mm-hmm, it is trying mm-hmm. to align itself with the notion of posterity. You know, there is us, but mm-hmm. then there's people who are going to come after us. Um, mm-hmm, that's something I reflected mm-hmm. on, on, the, uh, on, my, on my essay. But at the same time, I also yes. talked about the connectivity of our world. Do you think that um, mm-hmm. um, we are going to come out of this having understood how much our world is intricately interwoven i will say that i hope we do but i do think that our capacity to be able to do so will completely depend on how much we allow ourselves to inhabit everything that's happening right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because like you said there are so many of us in the world who have been thanks to many kinds of uh, empowerments and luxuries carve out a little world within which we are trying to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in that, it's also, I mean, the work of witnessing is hard. I know that it causes palpable levels of unmanageable anxiety, difficulty, complete incomprehension. I'm not pretending any of this work is easy. Mm -hmm. But part of our capacity to come out of this and actually learn something will again depend on uh, social distancing, but community undistancing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on coming to a material understanding of what it means to be part of a community. Yeah. Yeah. And that will involve the hard work of organizing every day of, of being able to bridge the ways in which uh, 
politics have organized us in some very demarcated blocks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And being able to break those down once we emerge from this and sit with trauma to say that if all of us have been affected in particular ways, what are the ways in which should something like this happen again? And it no doubt will. This is not going to be a singular event. Yeah, 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 I think so too. What can we do differently? What's a different world going to look at? What will it take for us to inhabit it with joy and connection and mutual witnessing instead of further and further retreat? And everything will depend on our capacity to sit with that question. Oh, yeah, this is really perfect. The way you put it, it's really perfect. You know? um, so uh, that's it. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, it's been really lovely connecting with you through um, this phone conversation. Likewise, America. This has been lovely as ever. Lovely to hear from you. Yes. All right. Yeah, I'll talk to you again uh, soon, I guess, uh, on WhatsApp or something. Yeah. <laughs> and Sounds then I'll, good. Thank I'm you looking, for this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next uh, prompt. I, I, you've handed it over to someone else now. I have. The prompt is out. I have sent in my entry. We are awaiting yours. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Let, can, this, <laughs> can, can this podcast count as mine as well? No. No. No, not at all, because 50% of it is mine. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> that's a nice one. Yeah. But, you know, um, that's what we do. We also enable us, you know, like you enable people, bring them together to, you know, write. So that's what I'm doing here as well, enabling you to speak on these things. I love this effort. I love that you're doing the podcast and I listen to all of those, the, the others that you've done too. So, you know, fantastic oh. work. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Thank you. Thank you. Talk again soon and I look forward to seeing you in some part of the world sooner than later. Of course, of course. Yes, after all of this. <laughs> I know. You take care, America, and have all a right. lovely rest of your day. Yes, uh, you too. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so that's uh, Mathangi, my friend, and my colleague um, in Chennai, in the south of India. You know, very beautiful um, um, take and some of the things that she's pointed out. Well, I think that's uh, it for today's episode, the very first episode ever. One thing that I want to say, though, is that I'm trying to keep this as spontaneous as possible. I'm trying to keep this as fresh as possible. It's going to be um, one episode per week, so it's going to be weekly. And another thing, again, is that um, you know how we have music intro for every podcast, you know? What I have decided is that for every podcast, the music is going to be different. So the intro to this podcast I, I played, you know, was made by me. Um, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to make, for every episode, I'm going to make a new music uh, introduction or a music track that goes with the podcast. So this is my way of keeping things fresh. Nothing is preserved in the freezer, you know, so everything is freshly served. I'm going to leave you with the full version of that intro music that you heard in the beginning. By the way, this podcast will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all the other prominent podcast platforms out there. It's also going to be on our website, nkatapodcast.com, under Dots of Thoughts. So for those who already know, there is first podcast show running, which is called Conversation on Art and Processes. So that's where I have extensive conversations with the artists, creatives about their work and their life. You know, so it's a long form podcast, more pre-planned, 
more research. So, and that is already on the website, but this is also going to show up on the website under Dots of Thoughts and it's going to be weekly. So thank you very much. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment. If you want to add your own thoughts to our conversation, leave a comment. Um, what I'm going to be doing is that for every comment that I read, either on Apple or Spotify or anywhere, or even on, website, on the website, I will try to address or reference that comment in the upcoming episode. So yeah, that's it. Um, I leave you with this freshly served music track. And um, see you next time. Bye.